guys, and welcome to Let's Talk Paralegal. On this episode, I get to speak to Jacqueline Foster. She is an amazing paralegal entrepreneur and really pushing forward the movement of entrepreneurship in the paralegal role. Um, She has taken it from subcontracting for both small and large firms in 2018. And then fast forward to 2020, she opened up Jacqueline Foster Paralegal Services, LLC. And now she is launching the amazing Paralegal Entrepreneur Circle. So it's an exclusive membership and it's filled with like-minded, serious paralegals that are trying to branch their careers and develop the entrepreneurial mindset. That was her dream. And that's exactly what she has accomplished in her through throughout her contract paralegal business. And that's what made her business so successful so quickly. So she definitely wants to pass on that knowledge to you guys. And we'll have these links, of course, on the podcast description and on the YouTube description. So I hope you enjoy this wonderful conversation I had. And I'll see you then, guys, until justice is served. Welcome to Let's Talk Paralegal. We had a little mini talk before the recording, so I'm really excited about this and what you're going to have to offer to the audience and our future and current paralegals. Um, you have a lot going on, uh, so I'm excited for you to share. And of course, uh, guys, for you listeners out there, we will have the links to everything that she mentions. We'll have them on the podcast description and on the YouTube description so you guys can click on it and it takes you straight to um, Jocelyn and it takes you to everything else that we're going to discuss, which I don't want to give it away. So um, without further ado, I really, you have a really interesting story. So I definitely want you to share that with the audience because it's not the normal, you know, hey, I made it in one day kind of thing. Uh, You had a journey and definitely interested in learning a little bit more about that journey. Well, thanks so much. So first of all, don't feel bad about this. You pronounce my name Jacqueline. Oh, I'm so sorry. I get that. No, I get that all the time because of the spelling. A lot of people say Jocelyn. So, yep, I'm Jacqueline Foster, owner of Jacqueline Foster Paralegal Group, LLC. Um, We are reaching on a year of business, March 23rd. So in just about a month, crazy to even think that. Um, So a little bit about how I started. I went to a for-profit college, very bad for-profit college to be a paralegal. I got tricked into it. Oh my gosh, I could, I would have a whole nother episode to, to warn people away from these types of schools, but they're not even a school anymore. But I went there and I started to look for internships while I was in college um, to get my paralegal certificate and met with a, an attorney that brought me in like a very low paid internship while I was in college. And he told me, quit college right now. Stop, stop what you're doing, quit it. And because the reason was, was because none of my credits would have been transferable. I was actually on a goal in my life to be a lawyer. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to go to law school. So I felt that, well, I might as well go be a paralegal. I'm a work person. I can't just sit through, you know, I'm assuming when I get to law school, I won't be able to work as much, but I want to get some real life experience right now. So, um, so that being said, I realized that none of those credits would have transferred into law school, which they told me they would. Um, and <laughs> hence the reason they're no longer a school. And I was 19, you know, I was really young, like I, I didn't know any better. And so that was the best advice. If anything that came out of that job, um, was that stopping. And, and so then really evaluating what I wanted to do, I was like, I'm going to go be, I'm going to go get a bachelor's degree and something else that will get me into law school. And I still worked for the firm while I was trying to obtain that at the university of Wisconsin superior. Um, so when I went into that firm, I was kind of thrown to the wolves and quickly became a quick think on my feet paralegal. So I have eight years of experience 
I think eight years, maybe it's nine now, um, as a paralegal, which isn't a whole lot in comparison to the amazing subcontractors I hire, which I just got off the phone with a potential client call and I admitted to her. Uh, the reason I went into the agency route is because I learned that there's a lot more paralegals out there that are way better than me. <laughs> so I can do this. You know, I can find these amazing paralegals, but I love business. So it's been great. So anyway, fast forward um, into meeting my husband, moving out to a very rural area in Wisconsin. And the closest law firm to me was 30 minutes away and had a starting pay of $15 an hour, Ooh, okay. which in our area, I'm sorry. It's totally fine. Like it just, it's very cheap to live here. Um, very cheap to live here. So it wasn't the, the money thing wasn't a big part of it. I wanted to get back into the firm. I, I, I really loved being a paralegal and I wanted to keep doing that. It was the fact that all of my pay would have went to daycare because I also had a son. And so quickly realizing when my son was born, this just doesn't make sense for us. I mean, really how much money after gas and getting over there, am I going to really take home at the end of the day? So I decided to stay at home, but I really, really wanted to keep working. I, there was something in me. I love being a mom. I feel like I was born to be his mother, but I wasn't born to just do that. I needed the paralegal feel still. I needed to feel like I had something to drive me to wake up. And aside from my little human. So <laughs> I actually connected with a company called, um, they were at the time called CC My Admin. And now they're, I think, the Boson is their new name. They rebranded. But I connected with them um, through a Facebook paralegal group and sent them my resume. And lo and behold, they called me in October, about a month after my son was born and said, hey, we got a job for you, a firm in Chicago. And I'm like, What? is this real? I thought I was being scammed. I really thought I was being scammed because oh, I didn't wow. even know that this was a thing like that. Truly I could work for a firm in Chicago from middle of nowhere, Wisconsin, a big regional firm. <laughs> like how, how? So anyway, long story short, they took me and, um, over the next two years, I worked as a subcontractor for them. They would assign me different firms as I had the time. It was great. My son was able to stay home with me. I was able to get my work done on his nap time or early in the morning or late at night. Sometimes I started subcontracting for a Supreme court candidate out of Texas. Um, I worked for a big fir- couple big firms out in Georgia. Um, so I really got a very robust nationwide experience from that. Um, but I think the main thing it really clicked with me was I can live in the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin and work to this capacity in my field. And not to mention, I was working a lot of the times for bigger firms. How much small firms and solo firms, which is my background, I have always supported that, that area of practice in the solo type space, how much they could benefit from what I'm doing for these bigger firms. And mm-hmm. so the company I worked for did have some, some solos. A lot of their firms were solos, but so that, it wasn't like my... my <laughs> birthed idea. Like it, you know, other people had been doing it, but I just kind of got this drive that I have a very eclectic experience in management. I worked for Wells Fargo for some time in that space. Um, so worked for big, big types of corporations and learned some things about inclusion and teamwork and, and managing big, big ideas. Um, I did a lot of outreaching. I did a lot of customer experience, client services, and then also my experience with my firms as a general paralegal. I did everything. I did real estate, family law, criminal law, civil law, all the fields or all the practice areas. So I'm like, I I really can reach the masses of solos 
as who I am as a paralegal myself. And so I started to do that. I just went on a leap of faith. I one day told my husband, I had stewed on this idea for two years, three years, maybe. Um, it had always been in my head that I could do something like this, but didn't really realize it was a possibility. I didn't understand the technology behind it. So I told my husband, it's now or never. And on March 23rd, I established Jacqueline Foster Paralegal Services, LLC. <laughs> and I got two clients within that first kind of month of, you know, very small, cli- not small clients, small hours. It's not like I, you know, blew up overnight. I had a couple of clients that I was servicing directly. And then it just kind of started to grow. I met some pretty, pretty great referral sources that I, that I maintain relationships with to this day that started sending me a lot of clients to where it was. I'm like, you know, I, I can't do this on my own. I either have to say I'm done and this not done totally, but this is my max. You know, I only have so much space and so many hours to give, or I need to start hiring help. So I started hiring help. Um, I, I remember my, my first hire, actually, she's now one of my best friends. And I think you, um, I, I would call her, I hope she calls me her best friend. <laughs> I know, right? We will. Laughing at me right now, like, you're crazy, girl. Um, her name is Gina Kugel, and uh, she's very good friends with that Misty that you interviewed recently. Oh, yeah, that's my girl. Go, Misty, yeah. shout out. They're all, they're all great. They're all really wonderful. So she started helping me, and then, you know, I was getting more and more estate planning clients. It was like the theme. I just had so many estate planning clients. So then I brought in a second person who was just absolutely wonderful. She's still along, you know, very dedicated paralegal that works in my company, And it just kind of started going from there where I went through a really rough transition of getting my clients used to working with other people because at that moment I decided I want an agency. It took me a long time to get to that because I was like, no, I don't want an agency. I don't want to be a specific agency. I want to be a professional paralegal services, but I didn't realize I could have an agency and still maintain that level of profession. Um, So now, in just January 1st, I announced it. We finally made all the paperwork official with the state, and I have changed my name to Jacqueline Foster Paralegal Group, LLC. So it's kind of the rebirth of a new new business model that's been very successful. I have uh, dozens of paralegals that service my clients. I have dozens of very wonderful clients, and I'm just trying to continue to grow it from there and really make this solution for firms more accessible. So... That's why you and I kind of started to talk because now I'm focusing on the paralegal too. Yeah, yeah. So definitely just a a little tidbit about how her and I met. We actually met through LinkedIn. So shout out to LinkedIn. And um, I started following her and I started looking and I was like, wow, this is something that I would really want to introduce to my audience because as such of an eclectic audience and she has a lot to offer from, you know, beginning to end. So definitely guys, um, she, again, I'll put her contact information definitely a go-to person I will vouch for her she is good I I vouch all my guests before they come on on my podcast it's not like I bring anybody on the platform because you know we all know we have to be reputable somehow but anyways this actually takes me to your new mission right because you're starting to create this paralegal entrepreneur circle and it, it like evolves into like leveraging and you know all these little intricacies that I of course you can explain way better than I can so go for it (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. So I started the paralegal entrepreneur circle kind of from a place of frustration, to be honest. And I'm going to tiptoe around how I put this, but I, in my time in the last year, I've interacted with a lot of paralegals, a lot, I mean, hundreds and that are interested in working for me. I mean, I, I take great pride in my hiring process and finding people and on referral basis and making sure that they're really fit for what they're going to do. 
And I could, I mean, the horror stories that I went through in some people that I hired and I put in front of my client and I'm, and this was early on. And I just said, you know, some people, they don't have the mentality to be subcontract to be contractors because mm-hmm. not that they don't want it. They just don't have it yet. And they need to develop that. If that's something they really want, because you're not an employee anymore. Like, you know, you're a customer service business. You're providing a professional service. And if you don't have that level of, um, business presence. Like I actually care about about the satisfaction of my clients, not, well, you know, the boss drives me nuts anyway. So I don't really care type mentality. Mm -hmm. Um, you're not going to make it very long. So that, and then also I see, I see a lot of amazing subcontractors I've worked with amazing. And I'm like, there's no reason why you shouldn't have a book of clients on a backlog because you step up, you get to things right away. You are great at communicating. You are detail oriented. And there's no reason why you shouldn't have a huge list of clients. There's no reason you should be subcontracting with me. You should be running your own business and more power to you. I mean, I, I obviously want great subcontractors, but I, at the end of the day, I think that attorneys need more access to more paralegals, like, like what I provide them. So I've developed in that, you know, those twofold portions of it all. I've developed a course called the paralegal entrepreneur circle. I shouldn't call it a course. I should call it a membership um, because I have, you know, my Facebook group um, that just, you know, I provide content every day to kind of help steer people in the right path to doing, you know, building their own freelance business and, and establishing that, getting their clients and, and retaining their clients and kind of that whole process of how I built my business from zero to six figures in six months. So trying to bring my area of expertise and help them get to that place of, I'm really proud of my business and this is what I'm going to do. Um, and then also, uh, I have found there's this little area and we talked about this a little bit where paralegals coming out of college, whatever age they may be, maybe it's a career shift. Maybe they're young, maybe they have life experience, but not real law firm experience, but they can really bring value to firms in some way. They're having a hard time getting their foot in the door. And maybe they're, you know, they're not able to even get an interview in their area. I think that there's a place for them too. I really feel sad on some of these Facebook groups when I see people with maybe two years of experience or maybe fresh out of college say, I'm really interested in freelancing and people get on there and they attack them and say, you need to have at least 10 years of experience to do this. You need to have this, you need to have that. And I'm like, holy man, like way to kick them. (laughs) I don't know if anybody knows this, but one of the biggest profitable areas online is virtual assistant work. You don't have to know how to draft a motion to a federal district court to service an attorney in some way and get that experience. And so I'm really trying to develop them up. I do get a lot of inquiries from people that have only two years of experience. And I have a, you know, I try to make sure I do make sure that this is my business. I personally only provide people with 10 plus years of experience because that's just kind of, that's where we're at. That's the type of level of service we're providing, but I'm learning that my clients also have this other area that they need help with, that they can't pay somebody a pair, you know, paralegal rate or, or a I was going to say, there's a big gap in, in, in uh, yeah. authority, right? So the smaller the, the, the company, not that I'm saying because you're small, you, you don't make enough or you don't have enough in your budget, but you have to allocate certain amounts to certain things, right? So a full-blown, what I call 10 plus year uh, paralegal is not going to cost you the same as one with a year or two that can still provide some service. 
Exactly. So, you know, I just had a call with a potential client and that was kind of the, the tone of our topic. It's like, well, we need somebody to help you with uh, CRM and, and some processes, but you don't need somebody that can write senior level motions. So where's that price point that it still makes sense for your firm and to kind of delve into that area where, hey, we also have a group of paralegals that need to put some law firms on their resume. Why don't we kind of leverage the two and let us like be a mutual support and build them up while we're also servicing your firm. Um, so there, there's kind of a twofold. And so um, that's where I, I'm saying, you know, freelance paralegal work isn't, or freelance work period is not a dead end. I don't care if you have one year of experience to 35 years of experience. If you're very specialized in something that you're very good at, you can freelance that out. You know, and you don't have to say that I know, you know, deposition summaries. There are, there are people out there that offer deposition summaries. I mean, just summarize depositions. It's not, I, I'm not saying that you, it's a no brainer, but it's definitely not, you know, legal research. Dra- right. you, know. you just read what's in front of you and you summarize it. Summarize it. Right. English, right. English 101. <laughs> right. And those are things that, you know, young paralegals, and I should mean young by age, less experienced paralegals can start to really beef up their resumes some or while they're in school, go take a quick course on how to create a deposition summary go do that and get really good at it and then just sell those services. And you can't, and, and I think that it's becoming, it's going to be a huge shift. I could feel the earthquake coming in the, in the legal industry because paralegals are starting to be interested in business ownership and any, you know, I know there's a big movement on having paralegals offering direct services to the public, um, lowering the cost of, of legal services, et cetera to, it, it's just, there's a big shift. There's a big shift where I think paralegals are demanding a little bit more, um, respect and, and and I don't say that so bluntly I just say that they they're demanding a little bit more like I matter here like I am and, and I think a good attorney will agree with that like my paralegal keeps my firm running mm-hmm. and they want to be recognized for that and one way to be recognized for stuff like that is to literally have your own business and pr- present yourself as a professional service so absolutely and I, I'm totally on board with that train of thought just because um, especially the pandemic, it expedited it. You know, these are things that you and I have been doing before the pandemic, but the pandemic really just like, 100%. you know, like just, Hey, we're going, we're going to the moon now, you know, <laughs> to the, to the point where we even got like a paralegal day. Like how long has the paralegal profession been around? Um, the ABA switched the definition because they kept tying us into legal assistance. And we're like, we're not legal assistants. We are paralegals. We offer legal research and we offer, you know, high-end drafting and, you know, all this. We can write a brief for you if you want. A legal assistant doesn't do that. So, you know, it was to the point where we even got the attention of the American Bar Association to the point where they had to literally switch the definition of a paralegal because we're like, no, that's not us. You are misrepresenting our profession and what we work so hard to, you know, especially the ones that are so proud of their work and their experience and their jobs and you know paralegals prideful paralegals paralegals that have been this for a long run they're in it because they love it not because they have to you have to because the paralegal profession is not easy you know um i'm not saying that obviously doctors and nurses we're not even going there but it's not easy to maintain that communication with the client to maintain the expectations of multiple attorneys at times to actually maintain a caseload and handle everything else depending on what type of atmosphere you're in so in order for it takes a special type of person to be a paralegal and you have to be thick-skinned you have to be ready for war um it is what it is at this point 
Hey you, yeah, you listening. Do you like personal finance or real estate? Are you itching to build wealth and create a better life for yourself or your family? Then you need to come check out the Life, Money, and More podcast with real estate agent, YouTuber, and actor, Sage Weiss. This isn't your average finance show. We dive deep and do not sugarcoat topics around money and life. The Life, Money, and More podcast releases two episodes a week just for you because we're all about helping you win in this crazy world we live in. Come join the thousands of listeners on the Life, Money, and More podcast. Yep, 100%. And I'll say that, and I'll take that one step further and say, and this is what I think everybody needs to know before they go into contracting, is it takes a special person to want to be a paralegal and be good at it and thrive at it. It takes another level to want to do it on a contract basis because it's, you you know, it's just a different, it's a different different arena. It's you a know, totally different arena. Yep. I mean, there, there's a huge difference between being a full-time employee and having your benefits and your paycheck at the end of the two weeks, week, month, however you get paid, you know, and having that steady paycheck, that's one difference. You don't know when your next paycheck is going to come. And two, uh, owning it, being that person that you relied on, now you have to rely on yourself. So having that mindset switch takes a little bit and, Absolutely. you know, you have to like i think every person that's looking into owning their business should go to like mindset courses um business entrepreneurship courses take business classes not only heighten your skills on the legal side heighten your skills on business because now you're the accountant you're the marketing director you're the receptionist you're the customer service and you're offering the services so you're the what i call the ceo chief of everything officer and i'm <laughs> until you can be you know up to your to that standard and you can hire other you know people unfortunately that's just the way it is absolutely yeah and that that's exactly why i call my court my membership the paralegal entrepreneur circle it's not just running a little side business it's not a side hustle it's really truly getting in that entrepreneurial mindset and and like you said you know managing the entire business around getting more clients. And that's where I'm trying to really help anybody that goes through my course, get to a place where they don't feel like it's feast or famine. Mm. Cause I think a lot of paralegals come into contract work thinking it's that way. They go to freelancer, they go to Fiverr. I got to search for that five hour job that I need it. And, and the way I feel you're a business, establish it a business. It's ongoing services. You don't just, you know, go to a therapist one time and then say, I'm done. It's I'm not fine. <laughs> this is my person that I'm going to continue to go to as I continue throughout my career. And so <clears throat> maybe you go to a therapist one and done. I, I don't know, but you know what I'm saying? Like, you yes. know, and, and that's where I'm in, you know, just even in my private Facebook group, so my to- it's totally free. I've, I've been able to help kind of identify already with people why they're, they're like, I can't find my, I, I feel like I get clients, but then it's finding my next client, my next client, my next client. I'm like, well, why, why are you offering such short-term stuff? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and, and to each their own, there is a place for that, like one and done project. There absolutely is, but you should also know that you have the ability. There are attorneys out there and I'm, I personally service ser- solos and small firms. And when I mean small, I mean like under five, I, I like my smaller firms. Um, but you can na- go nationwide with this and go to big, big firms. I mean, that was the first firm I contracted with was a firm out of Chicago and they have their workman comp, um, 
firm, plaintiff's firm. And so we, no, they were the defense side. Sorry, it's been two years. Um, <laughs> they they uh, had a department for everything. So they had a department for subpoenas. They had a department for legal research. They had a department for, I was in their IME department, scheduling IMEs and working with, you know, that and medical examiners. And and so if you, if you want to niche down, niche down and offer those one services, but you got to really make sure that who you're targeting for those one services has the work for that one service to keep you busy versus for instance, with me, it's a solo firm. We really want to integrate as part of your team. So it's mm-hmm. not just, we're not just coming in to do one thing. We're, we're coming in to work for all the things. And, but if, you know, for instance, deposition summaries, you should probably go to somebody that takes a lot of depositions, a lot yeah, of a highly litigator, high litigator, personal injury, um, does a lot of depositions. Um, corporate yep. does a lot of depositions. So any of those yep. types of practices, if you guys are interested in doing all of that, learn it, you know, learn the way, learn uh, what type of practices do those type of services so you can target that particular attorney law firm corporate because you guys can, you know, another thing that maybe um, paralegals don't understand is corporations like Coca-Cola, Google, they all have legal departments and they all need help and they all outsource. So even if you just want to niche it down to being part of a legal department where you're just doing transactions um, and phone calls and setting up appointments, which is usually what legal departments do, go for it. I mean, there's, there's a niche and the pandemic has heightened this where everybody's going virtual. What used to take me a week of pitching for attorneys to hire me virtually takes me one day because now they understand the necessity of having a virtual person that's already prepped, has the equipment, has fax, has a print printer, has you know a scanner, has everything that is needed in order to work virtually. Um, you know, and it was so hard to convince these people that hey. There's a need that you need this. This is a service that you need. But now the pandemic hit and they're like, no, no, I know. I know. I need it. (laughs) That's why I write. I think I write that right on my website. I say, you know, my business was so successful in the middle of a pandemic. This wasn't because they weren't, they had no choice but to hire us. It's for exactly what you said. The the service and the option and the, the, the value was already there, but it seemed out of the ordinary. Now it's like, oh yeah, remote work. Yeah, exactly. Like, okay. Now what? I get with- on a contract basis and I don't have to pay you unemployment, you know, or, or the insurance and the taxes and the office space and pay for your computer. What? Yeah. So now they're like, oh, well, it's kind of, you kind of want to say like, hey, this option has been here for years. Yeah, for years. Yeah. And just like you said, you know, like, you know, so that make sure we're providing value here for paralegals is that what you just said about there's a niche area for anything you want to do. And and I had in my group, somebody list two people, no, one person listed this, this problem. It was, I don't know what services really to offer. I can't narrow it down. And I'm really also having a hard time finding clients. And so I went on live like immediately. I'm like, Hey, let's talk about this right now. Because if you do not figure out the services you're providing, and I'm not saying you need to make a list of 500 things you could possibly do as a paralegal. We all know what a paralegal could can do but if you're not getting super micro focused on what you're doing for who how do you know who you're going to sell it to therefore how are you going to get clients right so and that's where i said i you know i went into it deciding i am servicing direct one-on-one paralegal support so paralegal as it is and i know that sounds really broad but really it's not it's very narrow it's i'm a pair we're paralegals we're going to help you at whatever you need at your delegation okay because my target area is the solos really that 
don't have the funds to hire a full-time paralegal. They are maybe just starting. And can't afford the onboarding, right? Because onboarding, onboarding cost, guys, is expensive. Yeah. So exactly. when you see these big firms and they're lowballing you, it's because it's expensive to hire you in the first place. They have to pay for your employment taxes, for your benefits if they offer healthcare benefits, uh, FMLA, you know, all those things, they cost money, guys. At the end of the day, law firms, corporations, they're businesses, okay? They have a business to run. They have taxes to pay. They have employees to pay and their benefits. And if they're in date, oh my God, don't get me started on the PTO, pay time off. That's more expensive than giving you a flat seven days off for the year or 14, seven. Pay time off costs an employee on average, just FYI, and I ran the numbers, anywhere from $10,000 to about $150,000, depending on the industry that they're in. And the highest is tech. So any tech company, they pay a lot more, which I thought would be a lot less, but no. Um, so definitely take that into consideration and use it as your sales pitch. Hey, you don't have to pay me any of this. You just got to pay me my fee. And this is my fee. Yep. yep. And so, well, and that, that's exactly what we kind of discussed is that. So, you know, if you really get narrowed in on what services you're providing, so for instance, okay, I just want to focus on deposition summaries. I think that's something I can really provide value to. Okay. Like now let's start thinking who needs to benefit from this? So what problems? So if it's deposition summaries, we're not talking about 1099 saving costs. Like that's where I really make sure my, my target audience knows that that's my value prop. I'm saving you money and still providing you senior level support. So I'm giving access to people that can't afford it, um, the access to afford it. And so Whereas a deposition summary to me that it's not a luxury service, but that's a very specific, okay, you need to figure out your value proposition and say, um, you're taking whatever it may be, if you're taking hundreds of depositions a month, mm -hmm. and you're going to court with highlighted sticky tabs, oh, to try to cross examine somebody and you're trying to find oh wait, where'd you say that to try to impeach them and all the things where you just need that summary to kind of help the attorney. And so trying to decide what services I, do I offer and who can benefit the most from them. It's that simple. And once you can narrow that down, you know, you can even get more narrow on your target client to say, okay, I only want to offer, you know, legal research and whatever it may be in Michigan or in Texas or wherever it may be. The more you can get narrow, the more you can find those people and put your content in front of those people. So you have to get really, really clear. And that comes down again, it's business ownership. You're not an employee. I, it makes my teeth like, ugh, I grind my teeth. <laughs> my teeth. Like people saying like, where do you find your jobs? Oh, you know, Craigslist or job applications. Like that's fine. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but if that's your only strategy, you're not a business owner right now. You are an employee trying to find work. Mm -hmm. And that's not going to work. You have to get in that entrepreneur business owner mindset and sell your services to the right people. It's not a build it and they will come build it, find them, and then they will come to you. And that's when you can start charging the prices you want to charge for it, work with the clients you want to work. You can set your own um, minimum packages so you can create predictability in your income. You can say, okay, well, I want to work 40 hours a week and I want to make $6,000 or whatever it may be. That's where I need to find this many clients that fit that role and pre-qualify them and, and really get there. So that's that's where you got to make that shift outside of employee because you will you'll never build a business that way.
Yeah. And guys, it's really, it's not even um, a cost to you. If you go to like Wix, like W-I-X, the website is free. So you can create a website literally for free. Um, headshots, if you go on Groupon, they're like 40, 50 bucks and you get two of them. Like it's really super inexpensive to create good content and a established website to where people can find you as well. So you know, don't think that, you know, if somebody has a fancy website or a nice little headshot, yeah, that's great, but it's not that expensive. It's very affordable. And it's the initial cost of doing all that is like literally zero to none. Um, so definitely. And now with our cameras, with like the portrait feature and all that, just like get yourself on a wall with nice little texture in the back, put yourself a blazer on and take a nice picture just to start off. Right. You know, it's very inexpensive to do all of this and sometimes at no cost. And that will create reassurance because you have to have some presence online. Uh, you know, everybody's gonna research you. Everybody's gonna try and vet you out. So you have to have a LinkedIn profile or Facebook group, Instagram account, Twitter, something. Like you cannot be off the grid anymore if you wanna get hired. They, they're gonna look for uh, resources, they're gonna look for credibility, they're gonna look for experience. And especially now, since they have been so scorned in the past where they've gone through millions sometimes of paralegals and they haven't been able to find that one good one, prove to them that you're that good one. That's, yep. This is your opportunity to prove to them. This is what I have to offer. What are your expectations? I'll give you mine and we can make this a partnership for the long run. So those conversations, having that um, initiative and you know that grit that just go for it. You know, like this is not, like I said, this is not for the ill will. This is not for the, okay, let me go in, maybe not. Okay, let me go in. Let me, no, no, no. You're either all in or you're not. Like that's that. There's no. There's no in between. And like she was saying, is guys, this is a business. You are now a business owner. You are no longer a full time employee dependent on another business owner. Which is you're either a business owner or you work for a business owner. That's how, that's the way the life you know life works. That's the way this the planet circles. So let's just let's just make that a known. One hundred percent. Yep, 100%. It was awesome having you. Oh my God, this is amazing. I could talk to you all day, really, because we, so, we have so much to talk about, but we got to keep it, you know, focused. So anyways, we'll definitely reach out to you again for maybe a possible, you know, recircle on something else. But yeah, I know nice. I know we missed a couple things, but this was the gist of it, guys. Um, so definitely, I thank you so much for spending, because I know you have a crazy schedule and you're really busy. So I, I appreciate you taking a little time um, and really, you know, sharing this with the audience that is so much needed, right? And especially now, right? Because there's a lot of people thinking about it, kind of like you were at that one point. And they're like, hmm, I don't know how to start, where to go, what to do, how to do it, how to hone in. So all these little tips have been really helpful. So thank you. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Awesome. All right. Bye, guys. That's it for today. <laughs>